welcome to the 3Ls Podcast, where I, your host, Rachel Ann Dine, licensed professional counselor, am here to share thoughtful commentary and strategies to help you with the big 3Ls of life, living, learning, and loving. Each episode, join in as a different psychological or current hot topic is explored with the hope of helping you live well, learn something that aids in personal growth or understanding, and love yourself or others in a way that honors you. Are you a fan of nutrient-dense wellness too? Let me tell you all about one of my favorite sources of adaptogens, Four Sigmatic, who uses a variety of mushrooms in everyday products. Reishi, lion's mane, and shaga all have been shown to help with thinking, immune system support, and gut support. I use these plant-based products every day in my smoothies and coffee, and you can too. Use code BEWELL for 10% off your purchase at us.foursigmatic.com. Again, that's BeWell at us.foursigmatic.com. Hi, welcome back to the three L's. I'm happy that you're here this week and I hope that you've been having a great week wherever you are and whatever you've been up to. I want to bring to the table a topic of discussion where you feel or you get love bombed. And love bombing is a strategy, whether consciously or unconsciously, that someone with narcissistic personality disorder typically carries out to the current object of his or her affection or attention. And to me, this is a relatively new term. Um, I'm sure it's been around for some time, but we're seeing this term love bomb come up a lot more frequently, or at least I am. And so I really want to just kind of unpack it a little bit and thought it would be interesting to share a very short story of what love bombing can look like because I think that, um, I don't know. Well, actually, I'm not going to even make that I think statement. I, you know, we'll see how you feel after hearing this. So, um, one time way back when, you know, many years ago, one of my very good girlfriends was doing the online dating scene, which is common. I mean, that's just kind of par for the course these days in meeting somebody online, not trying to dissuade anybody from using it because I know plenty of couples who have met online and gotten married. But in this particular story, it just looking back now, I don't think I really had the insight. Um, back then to fully understand what was going on. I remember thinking it was super bizarre, but okay, so here we go. So basically she was doing the online dating, struck up a conversation with someone and on paper, he seemed just like a great guy. I remember he um, was in a stable occupation. He seemed, you know, independent and stable and able to take care of himself. Um, seemed like a super nice guy, you know, uh, they had been messaging back and forth and he was, seemed to be well-spoken, you know, it wasn't just like the trademark one word answers or, Hey, how you doing kind of thing. It was like more involved. And this is where, you know, we were all excited for, you know, thinking, Oh my gosh, well, this is great. You know, she hadn't really dated in a long time, so give it a try. And so they exchanged phone numbers. And I remember this is where 
it started taking a turn. And I remember telling her, you know, that's kind of weird that he would say something like this. So on the very first phone call, they got to talking and now they had been messaging back and forth there for a little bit. But on that first phone call, he told her, you are my soulmate. I really think that you are the one for me and we just have to meet as soon as possible in person. And you know, my girlfriend, she even thought it was strange because that was the literal first time they had ever talked on the phone and to have somebody say, you're my soulmate, when it had only been online messaging for like a week. Um, and I remember she she said, you know, sh- she was basically like, this is super weird. You know, something about it doesn't feel right. But seems like a great guy. Maybe he was just really excited. Maybe he hasn't dated in a really long time. And so she gave him a chance. And, you know, they they met up soon after that. And these grandiose gestures started fo- following, you know, the presence, the um, huge gifts that seemed slightly inappropriate for a relationship that was like one week old. And, you know, the it was a constant influx. I remember her telling me that he would text her, you know, sometimes 20 times a day, sending pictures, wanting photos from her, you know, not necessarily like scandalous photos, but just, you know, picture swaps. And what are you doing? What are you doing tonight? Let's, let's get together. And, Eventually, it turned out this kind of maintained for about a month until all of a sudden he started with a drawing. And by this point, you know, after a month, I remember she was super excited. She was super happy because it felt it felt great. You know, she had been a single gal for a while and felt like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm I'm maybe I really did find the one. And she kind of, even though there was that initial hesitation, he seemed to be so consistent in terms of keeping up that communication, always wanting to get together. You know, it seemed like the actions were following the words until a month into it, he started withdrawing immensely and then dropped the bomb that he was moving across the country. And I remember it was very hurtful for her because she was shocked. I mean, he had really been talking about a future together and progressing. And then he just pulled away so abruptly and they ended up, you know, nothing else came from it. So I bring that up because to me, in retrospect, with this, all this knowledge that I've had over these years and like studying in the field of mental health and really bringing this to the forefront. When I wanted to do this episode today, I thought, oh my gosh, this is such a prime example. And I wanted to keep it general enough, of course, to protect everybody's identity. But as you can see, there was that initial bomb, love bomb, if you will, of telling someone that, telling my girlfriend that she was his soulmate on the first phone call when If we really take a step back and unpack it, it doesn't necessarily add up, does it? You know, it can feel really good to get that attention, especially if, you know, maybe you haven't dated in a long time 
and love bombing, you know, traditionally happens mostly in dating relationships. That's why I'm bringing this up. So it feels really good to to soak in that attention and feel favored and and so valued in that moment that it's so easy to get swept up into those romantic gestures and the words and the flowery language. And I definitely would not get on to anybody for this, you know, for allowing or this happening to them because um, people who are narcissistic are so manipulative and so skilled and so artful at drawing a human being in and making them feel like they are at the top of a pedestal you know, which is the idealization of how a narcissist treats people. You know, they're idealized. They're put into this high place of um, perfection, really, until they're not. And that was kind of what had happened. So I want to get into this a little bit further and hear, of course, what you think. If this has ever happened to you, if you've ever recognized the love bombing situation. And so, yeah. Okay. So let me just unpack it. I found some really great resources. You guys know I love my resources, but this one is from the healthy.com family relationships, love bombing. And love bombing essentially is a phrase that describes an intense period of attention and adoration early in a relationship often characterized by declarations of love, rapid courtship, large gifts, and other grand gestures. And it's a typical pattern that's seen, as I was saying, in relationships with narcissists. But love bombing is a tactic used in many different kinds of dysfunctional and abusive relationships. So we also go into a different side of the spectrum when there is the presence of somebody who's emotionally, physically, or mentally abusive, then that abusive individual also can love bomb. And this can be equated to that first stage of the honeymoon stage where the abusive individual is on their best behavior. They are acting like the best version of themselves. I want to say Prince Charming. You know, I'm not trying to make this all about men. So per se, because women also can be narcissistic and engage in these behaviors as well. But um, yeah, the honeymoon stage, and that's where the lavishing of gifts, the constant stream, words of affirmation. And if you're listening in, if you've ever gone through something like this, then you probably also recognize that this next statement is true, that this type of love bombing behavior or honeymoon stage can only last for a certain period of time. And that can be sometimes the complex piece of getting involved in a relationship with a narcissist or someone who's abusive is that sometimes they are so skilled at holding themselves together for, you know, a solid chunk of time, three months, six months, a year, but then the cracks in their facade start to come out. And that's when these little you know, it often is a gradual process. These little moments of abusive behavior start to come out, whether it starts with name calling or belittling, and then it progresses to isolation or really controlling behaviors or gaslighting, and then the explosion, which is often, you know, the physical abuse. So wanted to point that out, that love bombing is also a tactic used in abusive relationships, but also relationships with a narcissist. So there is, when it comes to bombing 
love bombing that occurs in a relationship with a narcissist, because it's so intense and all-consuming, this process, according to thehealthy.com, is so exhausting for the bomber that they can only sustain it for about six to 12 weeks. And so then after that initial period, those gifts, the compliments, you know, those little weekend getaways will start to dry up quickly. And in the story that I told you with my friend, um, that period of time where the love bombing was so consistent and so strong was only about four weeks before around those four weeks, they the person started to withdraw. And then the ultimate kind of discarding occurred where they told her, I'm leaving, I'm moving, you know, and it was just a shock. So there are actually two different types of love bombing that I want to talk about. The first one's grandiose. The second is quiet. And grandiose love bombers, these are the love bombers, kind of like the person who I was telling you about who my friend became involved with. And with the grandiose love bombers, they use huge gestures like expensive gifts, elaborate vacations, fast and intense declarations of love, and deep emotional conversations to draw you in quickly and keep you off balance. If you have ever been involved with somebody who is narcissistic or abusive, or you know someone that has, then this this ability, you may recognize the fact that the abusive or narcissistic person's ability to use emotional conversations to draw you in quickly is part of their way of starting to gain control or manipulate you. And I've heard this situation sometimes described as I've never had anybody, you know, emotionally get me like they do. And it'll be like, three days, you know, into the relationship or three dates. Now, can there be these experiences where you meet your person and you just know? Absolutely. And so I don't ever want to, you know, be the person on that side of the fence that says, okay, well, you, you know, this is all false. Like everybody's love bombing if you feel like you found your match pretty quickly on. But as you'll see as we go through what love bombing is, it's fast and furious, and then it quickly fades off. So that's the key distinction here. Um, so, okay, so then we've got the second form of love bombing, which is quiet love bombing. And quiet love bombers are a little bit less common, but they are just as insidious and potentially damaging. And this is the process where you start to become completely immersed into the other person's emotional world, and you may start to feel a very intense need to rescue or take care of them. So this is a process that's really important to, to keep in mind, especially if you are a self-identified helper, a nurturer, then if you notice this really intense need to put your own needs aside to rescue or completely take care of somebody else to your own detriment, you may be dealing with somebody who is a quiet love bomber. And this is something, you know, this just came up for me. So right now, um, my husband has been out of town, so I have been re-watching. I mean, not that it matters, you know, that he's been out of town, but I've just been really re-watching Sex and the City. And um, 
it, it was so interesting. It was season six. And I'll just share this with you. If you're a fellow Sex in the City fan, when she was uh, involved with Alexander Petrovsky, if I really studied him, he was absolutely what you call quiet love bomber. If you remember, there were several incidents where he, she had like an obligation that she had to go to or to write her column, and he would have some kind of emotional breakdown that would distract her from doing what she, what Carrie Bradshaw needed to do. And this came about several times. I remember watching it with this whole love bombing concept on the brain. You know, it's funny how media, you'll watch something and and tie it together. And I thought it was a great example of how he was able to, even if he had done something that was very upsetting to her, there was one episode where she came with, you know, her girlfriends and dropped in on his apartment And he was super rude, very upset with her. And she went back after her friends had left to go confront him to find that he was having this totally like emotional breakdown. He was shrouded in self-doubt. And so she put her own own needs aside in terms of confronting him about how rude he was to dive into his emotional world. Now, does this happen sometimes in a couple? Yeah, of course. Sometimes – you know, your partner may bring something to the table that kind of in a way is more of an immediate need to address than maybe what your concern is, you know? So like your partner gets laid off from their job and you're really upset that they, you know, left the kitchen a mess. That may be a time where, okay, I need to put aside my dissatisfaction with a dirty kitchen and focus on what happened, you know, for you to get laid off from work. So um, that is that happens. But in terms of the quiet love bombing process, that's the piece where you keep an eye if you ever have a grievance or something that comes up or you are get a really big break in your career and your partner starts to act out emotionally and it starts to feel like you're having to put your own needs aside. Maybe you cancel a work function in order to console them and it becomes a consistent process, absolutely, this is something that I just want you to keep in mind. So a lot of times folks who are self-described as empaths, people pleasers, or if you grew up in a narcissistic household, either your mother or father or whoever raised you was narcissistic, then this can sometimes make you potentially more able to be at risk for being love bombed. And we know, especially if you grew up in a household where there was a narcissist present, as adults, it's a natural inclination to kind of be attracted to or go towards what feels familiar. And so it would make sense that in your adult life, having, you know, potentially being starved or receiving inconsistent emotional attention. You meet this person and they seem so amazing. They're doting on you. They seem so emotionally attentive. Yeah, it would make sense why you would soak that up. And so I bring that up just because I think it's important to talk about risk factors, so to speak. And um, so it's something to keep in mind. So in love bombing, it may initially seem like the love bomber is doing all of the giving, but the balance ultimately shifts with you starting to give far more than you get. 
And in a healthy relationship, we know that there has to be a reciprocal exchange of give and take. So sometimes you may be giving 70% and your partner's giving 30%, but then it evens out and it becomes more of a 50-50 for a period of time. And then they're going through something very stressful or difficult and they're giving 30% and you're giving 70%. I don't know if I got those numbers right, but you get what I'm saying. Sometimes it is going to be one person's giving more than the other, but it should always be, then it should balance itself out. You should never be the one who's doing all of the giving or even all of the receiving, you know? So that is a predictor of a healthy relationship is when it's definitely give and take. Um, So then... Another risk factor that comes about when it comes to potentially getting involved in a love bomb relationship is that there has really been this kind of cultural norm put out there and the healthy.com actually calls it a cultural brainwashing of what a real loving relationship should look like. And you know, we get these pictures painted where it's like a Hollywood fairy tale style of romance and everything's roses and perfection and breakfast in bed. And if you're listening in and you've been in a long-term relationship, you know that this is not how it is (laughs) all the time. Hopefully there's periods of time where it's like that, but being in a relationship can be one of the most difficult, um, not difficult, but it it can be a lot of work. It's kind of constantly striving to bring forth what feels good to you and your partner. It's not all Hollywood glamour, that's for sure. And we do see that message promoted quite a bit on Instagram. You know, I think about like the Instagram couples who do all these like cute little things together. Um, But I guarantee they have their arguments and they're, they're having their own struggles behind the scenes. So If you notice that you've been swept up in kind of like a fairy tale of what love should look like, this is just something to keep in mind. And maybe surround yourself or talk to people who realistically view relationships. And this is even where therapy can come into play and can be really helpful to kind of reconstruct what your specific ideal romantic relationship would look like. Um, So, okay, so those would definitely be some of the major risk factors. And now I, what I really want to do is get into the signs. So really what those, those exact signs can look like, because I know I've talked about them early on with this episode, but I want to, I want to bring this to the table even more so that you have an idea on what to look for. So the first kind of thing to consider, and these are not in any specific order, so to speak. They're just kind of overarching, just things to keep in mind. I'm going to link this article in the show notes. It's because it really lays everything out so well, and it's healthline.com, health backslash love bombing. And so one of the first things that a love bomber could potentially do is really lavish you with gifts. And love bombing often involves, like I was sharing before, these over-the-top gestures, you know, such as sending you inappropriate gifts to your job, so dozens of bouquets instead of one, or buying expensive plane tickets for a vacation and not taking no for an answer. Now, 
all of this can seem maybe not like a big deal or even something that you potentially always wanted, but the point when somebody is actually love bombing and they are a narcissist, the point of lavishing with these gifts is to manipulate you into thinking that you owe them something. So gift giving in and of itself is not a bad thing. We know that. That is, you know, that's in uh and for many people, that's part of having your love language. I couldn't think of the phrase. <laughs> but that's part of, you know, one of the acts of love in somebody's love language. But it's when it seems so over the top. You know, like I can think back to my girlfriend and one of the gestures was to take her on this amazing trip like one week into dating, you know, and spend thousands upon thousands of dollars on her, um, which, like I said, it may not seem like a bad thing. It can be something, you know, it can seem like a sweet gesture, but she felt uncomfortable with it. And that's why I encourage you, if if it feels like too much, feels like too much too soon, then it might be. And that is one of those characteristic signs of love bombing. So I bring that up. They lavish you with gifts. But with a disclaimer, gift giving is not always a bad thing. Um, so they can't – the second piece is the nonstop complimenting. At the end of the day, words of affirmation are very powerful. And many human beings to a certain degree crave these affirmations or – excuse me, admiration, but a constant stream of praise can almost start to become overwhelming. And so that's where I challenge you to think about it. Does it feel overwhelming if somebody is complimenting you nonstop and expressing their undying love after just a very short amount of time? It is a potential red flag that their feelings aren't genuine. So here are some of the common over the top phrases that they might you they might include and this is again from Healthline they give the examples of i love everything about you i've never met anyone as perfect as you and you're the only person i want to spend time with so now on their own these phrases aren't phrases aren't necessarily harmful but it is important to consider them just in an overall larger context of overall behavior. So as I'm going through all of these red flags in signs of love bombing, it's almost like if these phrases are being said and done in conjunction with all of these other traits, then it could potentially be a red flag that you, you've got a love bomber on your hands. I know for me, I always cringed. I I never really liked when people would say, um, I hate to say this, but it's just, I'm just going to be real. I never liked it when somebody would drop all of these steady stream of compliments because, you know, I'm a little bit of a jaded Scorpio over here. I much rather prefer action over words. You know, show me how you feel versus, you know, anybody can say anything. And so it always kind of, I don't know, made my antenna go up when somebody was just so nonstop with the over-the-top compliments. And... So anyways, compliments aren't always a bad thing, but if they are over the top and just start to feel overwhelming and also they're right from the get-go, like I go back to the situation with my girlfriend and then the person telling them on the first phone call that 
I think you're my soulmate. You are my soulmate. This is something to keep an eye on. Okay, so the next piece of love bombing is being bombarded with phone calls and text messages. We know communication is very important and having a flurry of added communication in the early stages of dating is kind of par for the course, but it's a red flag if the communication feels one-sided. Or let's say that you have work or a meeting that you're going to and you you tell them, hey, um, I've got this meeting, so I'll be out of pocket for the next hour or two. And then you get to your phone and there's like five back-to-back text messages. To me, it's kind of like um, it is a red flag, you know, to, to have that constant flurry of texting or calling or emailing. And Healthline gives the tip of take note if a person begins texting you very early in the morning and every hour on the hour. So then the next thing to keep in mind is if, if a person constantly wants your undivided attention. So when your focus isn't on the other person, maybe they start to become angry. And this can look like pouting when you're on the phone with friends or refusing to leave after you say you have to be at work early the next day. I love this quote. Healthline says, true love does not want all your time and energy focused on them alone. They respect other commitments, ideas, and boundaries. This is where the the idea of being interdependent comes into play for me. In a healthy relationship where there's a healthy level of interdependence, not codependence, not dependence, but or independence, but it's interdependent, where two different people with two different in- set of interests or personality traits have their own ideas and boundaries that they bring forward to the relationship, and these things are respected. That's where that really comes into play. But if you find that the person who you're dating is wanting all of your undivided attention and the pouting starts or getting moody if you want to go out with your friends or if you're on the phone or you really have an early day, like Healthline was saying, an early day for work the next day, and they're getting irritated at you, keep it in mind. Okay, wow. So this next one is, I didn't even realize, um, I had read through Healthline, but I forgot that this was one of the caveat statements. But the next statement or sign of love bombing is if they try to convince you that you're soulmates. Now, how, you know, appropriate is that to the story, the example that I gave you when we first kicked this episode off, but telling you that they dreamed that God told them you two should marry is a manipulation tactic. Um, If what they say sounds like it's out of a film, just take notice, take heed. And that's, that's Healthline used the word of, you know, it can come in many different forms. Like I you know, I had a dream about you last night and I dreamt that we were meant to be together forever or on that initial phone call, like with my friend being told you're my soulmate. And if I remember correctly, there was a lot of emphasis placed on like astrological signs being a perfect matchup. And, you know, it was just, it was just weird. And 
Um, so that right off the cuff that they try to convince you that you're soulmates. And so some of the other phrases that they could potentially say to keep an eye on is we were born to be together. It's fate that we met. You understand me more than anyone and we're soulmates. Now, after being with somebody for a period of time, you know, these beliefs could really come about, like feeling like it was fate that you met your partner or feeling more understood by your significant other than anybody else. And in many ways, I hope that that's the experience because I think that partners should be have that deep level of understanding of each other, that deep emotional connection. But if it's, you know, right from the get-go and these statements are coming out, it's just something to keep on your keep on your brain. Okay, so a couple more. The next trait of love bombing to look out for is if a person is wanting commitment and they want it now. So a love bomber might pressure you into rushing things and making huge plans for the future. And they'll mention things like marriage or moving in together when you've really only known each other for a very short while. Now, um, so the real the real thing to keep in mind here is that relationships do take time to develop. And when I say after a short while, the example that Healthline gives, and I would definitely agree, is that it's very unlikely the person really can love you more than anything in the world in two weeks or two days or two hours or in some cases, maybe even two months. Now, is the concept of, I feel like this could be a whole other podcast, so I'm not going to go off on a tangent, but feeling love at first sight, you know, is that a possibility? Maybe. Um, but like I said, all of these traits I'm I'm reading out to you right now and going over, the more that are present, this is something to keep in mind in terms of potential love bombing going on. If it's one or two maybe it's not love bombing. And I hope that that distinction, I'm making that clear enough. So then the next thing to look out for is if they get upset when you place boundaries. This to me is always a red flag. So when you want, when you try to tell somebody like, hey, I really want to slow it down. I'm starting to get overwhelmed. And they continue to try to manipulate you to get what what, what they want. That's something that by far um, is red flag material. Because when someone legitimately cares about you and your well-being and your emotional well-being, then there is a level of respect in terms of respecting your need to slow things down. Love bombers get upset about any boundaries with regard to access to you or if you are not accepting their displays of love in the way that they feel that you should. You know, it's like they wash you over with all of this attention and affection, and they expect you to accept it all, even if it feels uncomfortable. To me, that's such a form of manipulation. You know, I have expectations on how you should feel about something. When we all know our feelings are so independent, our emotions are so unique to who we are. Okay, so the next one is if, if, the person who you're seeing is overly needy. So no matter how much time and access you give them, it never seems to be enough. But you ask yourself, am I bailing on friends because this other person can't stand to be alone? Or do I feel obligated to answer every text because they're the one that gave me the expensive cell phone? Someone toxic 
and this is very well said from Healthline, someone toxic will make you feel indebted to them, like you owe them so that they can rely on you day and night. It's really a interesting dynamic process of how this form of manipulation comes to be. So that's why it can be difficult to spot because in the beginning, you know, you drop your phone, your phone cracks and, you know, the screen cracks down the middle and this person says, oh, well, I'll get you a new iPhone. And you say, wow, really? I mean, you know, thousand dollar phone. Are you sure? And they say, of course, I, you mean so much to me. I care about you. I know we've only been together for a week, but let me, let me get you this phone. And you know, you accept the gift, but then they have this expectation, well, I got you the phone, so you should be in constant communication with me because I bought that for you. You know, it becomes that overly needy or that sense of entitlement or you are now indebted to them. Okay, so the last two hallmarkers when it comes to being love-bombed is if you feel overwhelmed by their intensity, if it feels too much to you, This is where we have to take pause and evaluate why are we feeling like it's too much? What's going on here? Does this, you know, why is this so overwhelming for me? Because a love bomber almost never turns down their charm and they seem to be running on all cylinders when you're with them. And you never know what to expect from one moment to the next and maybe start to feel pressured into seeing them around the clock or you even feel guilty for wanting time by yourself. This is where I want you to check in with yourself. Um, Legitimate love has its ups and downs, but it's respectful and it's not overbearing. And this is where, again, that concept of interdependence where two different people are creating a life with a lot of similarities together, but there's that mutual level of respect that you need your personal time and they need theirs, you know, and then you can come back together and share those experiences and create your own experiences together. It's a very nice balance when you have that interdependence going on. Okay. Last but not least, um, the other, the final hallmarker I will share is that You may be dealing with a love bomber if you feel unbalanced. So being love bombed can feel almost, you know, intoxicating at first, especially if you've been single for a long time or if you come from a family or, you know, family of upbringing where emotions were not displayed and now you've got this person who is just so emotionally attentive and involved. Um, You may really enjoy all this attention. And I say that to provide utmost validation because you're human. But if you start to feel a bit uneasy, almost like you're waiting for that other shoe to drop, pay attention to these anxious feelings. I think this is where even going and processing out a new relationship with a therapist or a counselor can be very vital to understand where's this anxiety coming from? Is it is this potential love bomb situation or am I just nervous because I haven't been in a relationship with so long and it feels really good and different? It's always, always important to be attuned to your intuition so that you can be informed instead of being swept away by love bombing tactics. So I will run through these one more quick time because um, – I just want you to have that full full scope. Okay, so in no particular order, the f- these hallmarkers include being lavished with gifts. They cannot stop complimenting you. 
You are bombarded with phone calls and text or emails from them 24-7. They want your undivided attention. They try to convince you that you're soulmates. They want commitment and they want it now. They get upset when you place boundaries. They come across as overly needy. You're overwhelmed by their intensity and you feel unbalanced. So keep all of these in mind. Like I said, in many ways, you know, somebody who's giving you gifts or giving you compliments in your relationship, is that a bad thing? No, but it's when it gets to these toxic levels or feels overwhelming or feels too intense that that's when it can become very problematic. So I will link that article um, in the show notes. And then this last section, I'm just going to give you a series of questions to ask yourself when it comes to if you potentially feel like you're being love bombed and just to check in. Um, And these are good to kind of keep in your back pocket. So I found this great blog from Sharon Sharon Hahn, LMFT. And I'll link this article in the show notes, but she encourages you to ask the questions. And I agree. Number one, how well do I actually know this person? So when you're with a narcissist, they're very adept at coming across in a very specific way. They may paint a very rosy picture of their upbringing or their work or career or family life or no kind of ask you certain questions where they get this insight into what it is that you've always been looking for, and then they can try to morph into that person. But really check in, how well do I actually know this person? Am I being swept away? Um, Because in this love bombing initial stage, and in any romantic relationship, the initial stages, our bodies actually produce brain chemicals that bring people closer, whether it's dopamine, serotonin, or oxytocin. And oxytocin is that feel-good chemical that new mothers have when they're bonding with their babies. But guess what? Adults in romantic relationships can feel the same oxytocin release. You start to get bonded to somebody. So, and Sharon LMFT, LMFT encourages, give the relationship time and the ability to prove itself to you. Remember that trust is not given but earned after a long period of time through different types of interactions and conversations. Okay, so the second question would be to ask yourself, have I seen this person's actions reflect their words? So that kind of goes back to what I was saying. You know, it's one thing for somebody to just compliment you nonstop and tell you you're the best thing on the planet, but are they behaving in ways that mimic that? Are they, um, you know making you a priority and in truly backing up their actions with what they're saying. And are they doing this on a consistent basis? Is it Has it been a long period of time or has it been that four to 12 weeks where now you're noticing they're withdrawing or they're breaking dates or um, not calling you or not texting you as much? All things to keep in mind. Third question. Have you asserted your needs or boundaries in the relationship? This kind of goes back to when you set your boundaries, it's a great opportunity for to see how somebody is going to react to that. Not even necessarily as a test, but as a way to communicate your needs. Because in a healthy relationship, you have to be able to assert 
what you need, whether it's, hey, I really need this evening to myself tonight. I got to recharge. I've had a crazy week at work. You don't even have to rationalize. It's almost like, you know, I just really need this time to myself tonight. Um, and how they handle it. Do, do they say, oh, yeah, I totally get it. I understand. Or do they end up dropping by your house because they were in the neighborhood, even though you told them, I need I need a me night. So oftentimes a narcissist will have a very difficult time respecting your boundaries um, unless it is beneficial to them. All right. So the fourth question, have you had a conversation with the other person about something that bothers you in the relationship? So even Sharon LMFT points this out that this kind of goes hand in hand with setting healthy boundaries, but it really does take a deeper level of communication uh, when dating with somebody, you know, when you're talking about something that bothers you or it's upsetting to you and this happens. I mean, you're two human beings with two different outlooks. There's going to be times where maybe an argument ensues and have you, do you, have you had the opportunity to express yourself and how you feel to that other person and how did they respond? So if someone were to communicate something that if you were to communicate something that bothered you in your relationship with somebody who's a narcissist, they are going to oftentimes start gaslighting, so making you feel bad or try to blame you for the situation, or maybe use shame or projection, or even deny that they had any responsibility in why you're upset. So having those difficult conversations is so key in these early stages or in any stage of a relationship, really, but especially to kind of start ruling out, um, number one, to express yourself and your needs, but then to start ruling out what's going on here. Like, how do they handle if I'm upset? Okay, so the fifth question is, in a new relationship, and I know that this process can be a little bit difficult because you literally do have the release of all those chemicals going on that are kind of bonding you to somebody. It's exciting when you're first dating somebody. You know, you want to spend a lot of time with them. You you every you hang on to every word. You think they're super funny and attractive and whatever. But I also always encourage you to take pause, check in with yourself. What's your gut saying? What does your intuition say about this person? You know, if you were going to take a step back and examine your gut reaction, kind of the even the objective side of things, so not getting not the emotional side, but like the neutral side that you have between logical and emotional outlook, what would what would your what would you tell yourself? You know, what what would um what have your friends even said about this person? Do they have concerns or reservations? I know I certainly expressed my concerns when my girlfriend was telling me about, you know, being told she was somebody's soulmate on the first phone call. Um, but that's where having a checks and balances and then just taking pause and listening to your intuition. It's very, very vital. Okay, the last but not least, in your relationship – the last question encouraged by Sharon LMFT is to ask yourself, am I losing myself? Am I losing my sense of who I am in a relationship? The bond between a narcissist and another person can really be, once again, intoxicating. And so it's important to take a step back and ask yourself, am I losing who I am in this relationship? So this could mean 
compromising your values, your needs, your boundaries, um, feeling like you're giving up too much time and energy, or even isolating yourself from your friends or not spending time with your friends so that you can stay connected to this new person. It's always important to me, an important sign in a relationship is when you can maintain your own interest. You know, you want to go out with your friend and have lunch and your partner says, oh, okay, awesome. Have fun. You know, or, you know, you're an artist, so you want to create art still and your partner encourages that because they know that it's important to you or, you you know, you love to cook or whatever the case could be. And then, you know, in turn, your partner, maybe they have like a a sporting hobby that they like or they write books or whatever it could be. And you guys are able to support each other. That those interests and those hobbies are what go into making us who we are. And so it's so important not to lose sight of your sense of self. And if you are, this is something to pay attention to. So, okay. You know, I'm glad to be here today. I've always, you know, been fascinated with narcissistic personality disorder. But particularly recently, you know, I've really been taking a deep dive into the love bombing aspect. And so I'm really glad to share this with you because it happens. It definitely happens. And if this resonated with you, I encourage you to consider, you know, what needs to change? Does there need to be a conversation about setting healthy boundaries? Um, You know, what safeguards need to be in place for you to protect you? I hope that, again, wherever you are listening in today, that you've enjoyed the show, and I hope to see you again next week. If you have liked what you heard, please don't forget to rate the podcast on Apple so more people can hear this message that I'm trying to put out there. And if you know somebody who may benefit from listening to this episode, maybe you're like me and you're friends with somebody who is potentially dating somebody and you're like, what's what's going on there? Um, feel free to share it with them. And if you have comments, reach out to me. My email's linked in the show notes and Instagram or whatever. And I just hope you take care. It's so good to be back and just have a great, great rest of your week or day or wherever you are. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to the three L's today. Catch up with me on Instagram at Rachel and Dine Counseling, where you can contact me about a topic or follow up on today's episode. As always, the information provided in this episode is for educational purposes only and not intended to treat or diagnose. Reach out to your own medical or legal provider for assistance and individualized care. Here's to the three L's and being empowered to make decisions that work for you in your life.